Weekend Friends. I am your host, Scott Davis. Right alongside me, Jason Hitchin. How you doing, Scott? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's um, it's one of your favorite days. It, it is one of my favorite days. Uh, it is a day that you make fun of me because I am doing the uh, rewatch um, for Star if Trek. If by make fun of you, you mean rejoice and bask in the greatness that is Star Trek, then yes, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> We are now on Star Trek Enterprise Season... Yeah, Season 2. Yeah. Better than Season 1. It was, because Season 1 actually was some dog crap going on in there. There was. It was slow. It was too many point backs to other series. Yes. And if you didn't know what was happening, it was like too much tongue-in-cheek going on yeah. in there. And it was like sort of rewriting what sort of happened previously. Yeah. And, and while those problems are unique to this series, I do think that if you look at any first season of Star Trek, except for TOS, mm -hmm. you're going to find some dog crap. Yeah. But I'm going to start off with the season opener, mm -hmm. which is the sequel to the cliffhanger where Jonathan Archer was stuck into the future. I know. It was, I know it was your favorite, a season-spanning cliffhanger. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. You, everyone knows I hate cliffhangers. Yes. But here, here's here's the here's the here's the crutch of it. Enterprise actually didn't do a bad job with setting up the cliffhanger because it sort of did encapsulate the stories within it. Right. But the end of the season, I will tell you how much I hate this cliffhanger. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I know what I know what you're getting at, and mm -hmm. we'll get there. <laughs> so Shockwave Part Two. Mm -hmm. There, Archer's in the future still. Yes. And he has to try to get his way back to the past. But he can't. Because they have no time travel tech. Because everything was destroyed. Yes. So Stupid temporal cold war. Chicken or the egg. We don't We don't know which one is which, but we're going to throw you in the middle. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have the um, Suleban trying to take apart the ship. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we don't know where the captain is. <laughs> he, he just vanished. Well, yeah, he time traveled. Yeah. So this was a time traveler story finishing up season uh, one. Yeah. Pretty much. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it was all right. I, I mean, mean, we do little, learn a little more about the future guy. Daniels, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that the crewman guy. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, it's... And he doesn't... I don't think he comes back ever again. He does. Oh, uh, well, whatever. The thing is... The, the Temporal Cold War storyline is an interesting concept, mm -hmm. and I like the fact that it is officially a part of Trek canon because they reference it in Season 3 of Discovery, mm -hmm. but I don't think it was executed great in this show because it leaves it ambiguous as to whether this Temporal Cold War affected the timeline and that carries through to TOS, or if this is like changes were made to Archer's timeline that shouldn't have been in TOS. It's it's too ambiguous with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and it, that's well, that's a prequel problem too. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> hey, we don't love prequels. No, no, we don't. Uh, but this is something that we will do. Yeah. Now the next episode is one of my favorites of the entire series. It was actually a pretty good one. Yeah. So this one is telling the tale of T'Pol's grandmother mm -hmm. and the fact that she landed in 1957. Yes. In Pennsylvania. Yes. And, I mean, the story is just a, you know, a little, it's, it's a little story that T'Pol is telling because Archer wants her to, you know, tell a story. And in the very end of it, she says, we want me to say a story. Right. So it's like. Well, and the thing is, it's great because the whole thing is they're asking her, oh, we see that you, you visited Carbon Creek, Pennsylvania before we left Earth. Is there a reason for that? And then she spins this whole thing. And then at the end, she leaves you really in the air as to whether it actually happened. 
But there was a thing where she, like, her grandmother and two other officers from Vulcan were stranded on Earth, and they had to live a life with, you know, hiding who they were, so hiding their ears and things like that. Mm -hmm. And her grandmother had a purse. And the next, so the last thing we see is her with that purse. It's a good episode, something to watch. It doesn't really travel long into the future or anything, but... Here's the thing. I think it's a must-watch because I think it's a really good episode. It's not one of those that you need to watch it because, oh, this is going to come up four seasons from now and yeah. totally pay off. No, it's a standalone episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next we have is Minefield. On this episode, they go into a minefield. Yes. Surprise. Not just any minefield, though. It's a minefield of the Romulan. It's a Romulan minefield. The Romulan Star Empire. Yes. Sorry. Had to make sure we say the whole name. Yeah, dang right. You respect those Romulans, Scott. Yeah. And so my mine gets attached to the ship, uh, but it wasn't fully armed, so it didn't actually go off. But right. one of them actually did. So there was they ran into it, one blue, and they're like, "Oh my god, what are we doing? What's wrong?" Yeah. Right. So they have a mine. They have a mine. They're in the minefield, but one actually still landed on the ship. Once it got on the ship, Reed then went out to try to disarm it, and the this is the best thing that happened in the episode. Reed got jabbed with the uh, <laughs> something into his leg, so he couldn't do anything. Wait, so we he, hate Reed. Sure. <laughs> he's boring <coughs> i'll admit i i don't he's not he's not entertaining he's not he's very dull yeah very dull yeah his backstory is mildly interesting that they almost happen, never do anything with but it. that backstory thing doesn't happen until later season as right. well something i know that's going to happen but because i've seen this already that's okay <laughs> But no, I, I do like the fact that not only do they involve the Romulans, mm-hmm. they do keep... Because one of the things about the Romulans is you don't actually see one until Balance of Terror and TOS. Yeah. And they, they hold to that. You don't see a Romulan. But they, you do know of the Romulan. Right. And so Archer had to go out to help, uh, to, you know, be Reed's hand while Reed says what to do. And they finally get disarmed and they go off and leave the Romulans because the Romulans were going to shoot them. Yes. Rom- Rom- I don't know if you know this or not, Scott, but uh, Romulans are jerks. They're Vulcans. They're, they're Vulcans who just dialed to 11. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Dead Stop. And this one I liked a lot. So they're, full, they're like completely damaged because of the minefield. So it's a sort of like following along in that story. Yeah. But they have to go and find a way to repair their ship. Right. And so they talk to, I think it was a Tellerite? Might have been. I don't remember. Uh, they talked to some other alien species. And they said, oh, just go to this location and there's some station that you can go to and that will repair your ship. So they get to the station. It's like just a couple of tubes. And it's like nothing that it, the, the saucer section can't fit into it. <laughs> and all of a sudden they get scanned. And then the tube expands to fit oh, the size of the saucer and everything. Yeah. And so then they go and they they go in and and then they said they go and they talk to some AI thing and the AI is like shows everything that was damaged even Reed's leg <laughs> and they're like well, we can fix all this for this this or this and so they choose one thing so it's like a barter system not money but because yeah. they already scanned the ship they know what they have in their ship so they can take take something to for compensation that they would just use to fix other things right so that then starts to send out little like bots and they go out and start fixing everything even reach reed's leg mm-hmm. and finally what happens is they meddle yes <laughs> of course they do they meddle is what they do <laughs> and so what actually happens is they actually the station steals a crew member and they steal the crew member and once they uh, take the crew member and use the crew member as a living AI brain and they stole Mayweather made it look like Mayweather actually died because uh, it just it made a carbon copy of Mayweather yeah and but so they rescue Mayweather and then they destroy the the actual station 
or did they? <laughs> well, there was, you know, the station just repaired itself. Yeah. It, it was a cool little sci-fi episode. My question for you is, was this ever mentioned or no, said not, anything? Not any, that I can I, I was trying to think. I was like, I don't think this is like, I think this is like a completely new Enterprise thing on its own. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, Enterprise, the biggest problem it has was it had a hard time standing on its own. Yeah. Next we have a Flux episode! I knew you were going to love it. So it's it's um, night, night in sick bay. Mm-hmm. And so previous season, there was a group of aliens that were pissed off or angry because humans eat with their mouth. I mean, how else are going to eat? And they even said, well, you're going to eat with your mouth. But you don't, <laughs> you don't look you, you don't you don't look at people that while they eat so you're not supposed to look at other people while they're eating whatever i don't right. care <laughs> this was another great thing about enterprise though is the weird first contact stuff they did squeeze into it yeah it, they could have done it more but what we got i enjoyed so archer had to go down he went down to try to apologize and then when he, he did um something else bad happened mm-hmm. uh, and while he was down there he took porthos down because they had trees and stuff so he can go pee and right. then he took and then when they got uh pull those back up he was then infected with a, a virus or something yeah and so archer is you know is trying it's pretty much just like it's an archer flocks episode where flocks is treating porthos and all of this crazy stuff that happens in sick bay overnight it's just like it's ridiculous it's because flocks sick bay is unlike any sick bay we've seen in star trek yeah <clears throat> um so then they are told those aliens are pissed off now again yeah did something else happen um well guess what happened the dog peed on something didn't he? the dog peed on a tree <laughs> <laughs> a, like a very old tree and so archer then had to go down and do this stupid ritual of cutting a tree and saying some stupid things and whatnot that finally made them happy but archer was kind of hang- angry with it because his dog was sick let's say yeah because they yelled at his dog yeah uh, next one is Marauders, and this one sees the Enterprise having to go somewhere for fuel. Because mm-hmm. they, they don't have the... What was another thing? They, did, they didn't have unlimited fuel. Yeah, there's no, like, you know, <clears throat> way stations. Right. Or DS9s. Yeah. So they, they stop at a mining colony that is controlled by the Klingons. Ooh, Klingons. Uh-huh. So while they were there, they were trying to protect them. And this is sort of like the Magnificent Seven! It was, you know, we've already done the Magnificent Seven, so you, it, please listen to our Samurai Seven, uh, Magnificent Seven podcast on yes. that one. But what happens is the Klingons are the outlaws; <laughs> they're stealing Naturally. things from the town of the ter- deteriorating miners, and the the uh, the crew of the Enterprise come down and they train the uh, they, they train the the people of the village to go after and kick out the the Klingons. It was a shorter version of the Magnificent Seven. I was saying, not as good, definitely not well, as good. Well, no, but so many shows use that, use this trope, and yeah, I like it. I don't mind it. So. <laughs> Next, we have Seventh, and what this is is to Paul. Yes, she's a science officer, but before that, she was also a bounty hunter, pretty much. Well, I mean, she's was... she's not young. Yeah, she's like ninety, I think. Yeah, which is young for a Vulcan. Right. It's but... yeah. It's, it's not necessarily because Vulcans live to be too. Could, uh, over 200 years old. Sarek yeah. was alive with Picard. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what she was hunting bounties and she's got and she had a a listing of seven, I'm using air quotes on this one, seven people and she and she captured six, but the seventh one escaped. 
Mm-hmm. So they finally let her know where the seventh one was, they, and she was supposed to go out and pick him up. The reason why you do the air quotes on the seventh is because we find out that there actually was an eighth one that she killed when she was trying to get the seventh, and he still escaped. Whoop. Yeah, well, they pretty much they captured her. They captured him, and they were in a bar that was on a planet that had acid floors or acid rain or something yeah. to that nature that if they walked out, they were burnt, they were going to burn everything and they burn their legs or whatever, and they couldn't leave. So it was sort of like the hateful eight. Okay. Although this came up before April 8th, you know, <laughs> where, where it's like, you know... The concept. Uh, it's the concept of, you know, the where is a prisoner is kept together with their captors and, you know, trying to keep them, you know, keep them there inside of... In April 8th, they were inside of the cabin, but then they were snowed in. Yeah. So... Okay. I'm assuming you saw the April 8th. Not yet. Okay. Well, I didn't really ruin it. It's oh, the, no, it's no. The that, that, that's like the base concept. Yeah. It's it's on the list, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Next we have is the communicator. Um, and so, uh, how do I put this? Reed is a moron. Yes. Okay. He's dull and he's a moron. Yes. There there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Reed and uh, Archer and I think Hoshi w- went down to the planet. They had some cosmetic put on, so they look like the aliens that were down there. They're a pre-woke civilization. Oh, you mean Archer has learned his lesson not to just beam in the middle of a primitive village? Yes. They... Yeah. <laughs> and while they were down there, um, you know, they, Reed is carrying around all of his equipment. Of course. And um, he dropped his communicator. So then when they're on, going on their way back back to the ship, they're like, oh, my God, where's my communicator? <laughs> well, then Archer and Reed go back down to the planet to find the communicator. Mm-hmm. But then they're captured. Here's something that I've seen in this show. He was captured with Reed. He was captured with Mayweather. He was captured with someone else. I, I think he was just captured on his own. Archer gets captured a lot. Yes. Well, it's because he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it's also, there's going to be something I'm going to bring up about Trip later on, too. Okay. I think <laughs> they, I know what they, you're bringing up about Trip. They, 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 they sort of, you know, keep these things cycling through. Yes. <laughs> The military of that planet, then they found the, the communicator, and then when they went back down there, guess what? Reed and Archer were carrying all their weapons. <laughs> yes. And so then they were captured by the people of the planet, and, well, they took their commu- their new communicators and their weapons. <laughs> so then I have three communicators, two weapons, and two scanners. I was going to say, I can't see anything that's going to go wrong with this. Yeah. Well, uh, so then, you know, they <laughs> then decided, well, we need to go and, you know, help them escape and get back all of our equipment and... You know, this is definitely not standard first contact. No. This is something they, they, they need to learn not to do. Yes. Next we have Singularity. And this is them in science mode going to investigate a black hole in a trinary star system. Ooh, trinary. I know. It's so spacey. Yes. So Singularity, uh, they, they go and there's some radioactive mumble techno babble going on there. <laughs> and everyone is infected by this radioactive techno babble thing and it what it does it, it pretty much it, it takes away the inabilities of the people yeah and so if you are so super focused on repairing a chair that's all you're doing with the rest of your life yes and yeah it's a very trivial episode techno babble 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 yeah it's got some entertainment value but it's not yeah doesn't have lasting effects no next we have vanishing point <laughs> Uh, so Hoshi, 
the paranoid schizophrenic person that is always there. <laughs> so yeah, she, she's the McCoy of this, where she's terrified of everything. Yes, and so they're stuck in a cave with. She's stuck in a cave with Trip, and they there's some bad storm going on, so they can't get back to the ship, uh, the shuttle to fly back to the ship. But if they stay in the storm, they're gonna get killed. Mm-hmm. And so they have to use the transporter, but they're going to do one person at a time. So. Hoshi, scared as all hell, <laughs> says Trip can go first. So Trip then goes, and then Hoshi goes. And when Hoshi uh, gets in the transporter, she then, there's like sort of malfunction. Yeah. And then she's <clears throat> feeling that she's going being transparent, and no one can see her, and no one can hear her. And she's having this like hour long, or it's like two days for her in her in her mind. I'm saying it's in her mind because in reality, it was only four seconds she was stuck in a transparent, uh, transporter buff. But Floxon says... Your consciousness was probably only there for one second of it. <laughs> so, yeah. She has an overreactive mind. She had a delusion, and yes. that was the whole episode, essentially. Whole episode. Yeah. yeah. Next, Precious Cargo, the trip issue episode. Trip issue? What could be the trip issue? All right. So, uh, Trip always wants to repair everything, any ship that he can, any ship he can go to. Well, he's an engineer. And then he does, well, he then either gets caught in some stupid love triangle or <laughs> or he gets put into the um you know he got captured on this one but he gets put into a stupid situation where he has to do something stupid see i was gonna say i think the trip issue is that he's not doesn't have very many sexual inhibitions not at all and and it's not like like Riker was like that but they dealt with mainly known species yes Tucker, Tucker's the, the test bed for all of this. Tucker's ready to go into any bed that he can. It <laughs> doesn't matter if the genitalia will fit. <laughs> He's going to try. Yes. So there was a precious cargo, which was they were trying to. So this ship comes and they're in, they need repairs. They speak to the Archer and Archer says, yeah, we'll send my uh, engineer over. He goes over. He, he tries to fix uh, the it was actually the sleeping chamber. Of a lady, and uh, it was crying Jenny Shaman saying, "Oh well, because we're uh, we have sh- you know small warp, so we have to you know deep freeze the people so that they're not right awake." Sure, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Techno babble, exactly. And so he goes over. He's you know fixing you know whatever, and then all of a sudden there is something happens. Well, uh, one of the people were trying to attack them, mm-hmm. and so then they leave. The one guy takes the ship, keeps Trip on the ship, and then Trip tries to escape and wakes the girl. And then they take an escape pod, drop into a planet, blah, blah, blah. She falls in love with him, and they get rescued. Yes. Not great. No. Now, the next one, though, is great. Catwalk. So they get word of a radioactive storm, and in order to, like, there's no way to avoid it. So the only way to survive it. Mm-hmm. Is for all of them to go into the catwalk of the, I believe it's the warp nacelle. Yep. So they have to take the entire crew and basically go on a camping trip to the warp nacelle for an extended period of time. Yes. And while they were there, some people came with uh, with them to actually, they were the people that won them. And they're actually running from the law. Mm-hmm. They gave a stupid cartography story, but whatever. Yeah. (laughs) It's a fun kind of uh, everybody's a fish out of water in this one. Yeah. Because they have to, like, completely change how they deal with everyone. It was, I don't know, I think it's fun. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, Lola came to try to. Yeah. Well, in the middle of the storm, they came, they docked with the ship, they 
you know, we're trying to get other things done. So then we had to have Trip go out to try and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, it's an inconsequential story in the middle, but right. the actual Warp Nacelle thing was sort of important. Yes. So it is good to watch, but there's a lot of blah, blah, blahs in there. Yes. <laughs> and that's okay. Yes. Next we have is Dawn. Trip gets shot down while he's doing a survey of a planet. Some other alien shoots him down, and then they both get they both ships crash because the atmosphere of the planet had you know techno babble, techno babble, environmental techno babble. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so then it's a survival thing, you know, where he has to survive with this other alien the other alien they can't their communicators aren't working so they don't have the universal translator and they're adversarial towards each other he gets trapped he gets captured by the alien he then tricks the alien and gets captured and he captures the alien and then they are doing some communication techno babble to try to get communication to the ship finally they get communication to enterprise and they're able to get another shuttle pod down to pick them up yeah. well from the alien from uh, the other aliens so it's mildly um, like the movie Enemy Mine. Yeah. 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 Oh, there was also some uh, transporter techno babble saying that the other aliens' physiology wouldn't be able to use the transporter. That's convenient. Yes, techno babble. <laughs> Always convenient. Is, is this another Flocks episode? This is another Flocks episode, but not as exciting as the previous no. ones. Uh, because it's a Vulcan, very Vulcan based episode. Yeah. And, and, and Vulcans are still kind of boring. Vulcans are boring. That's really what it is. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, T'Pol last season got a mind meld, and during her mind meld, she got, um, is it Ponfar? No, that's the that's the, um, the sex one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Some Vulcan disease <laughs> of the mind. And the only people that were supposed to get it are people that used the mind melds. And, well, and so she got it because she had the mind meld used on her. And so the people of the Vulcan dignitaries are yeah well if she has it she means she was uh, a bad person because good vulcans don't do mind melds right and so if she actually said that hey yeah i was pretty much mind meld raped they would be okay with her but she didn't want to say that because she's trying to you know she's trying to avoid the stigmatisms on this right and this is pretty much to me this episode was written for aids in the gay community that's very possible and especially when you pair it up with the B plot, which is Phlox and his one of his wives mm -hmm. trying to get Tucker to kind of get freaky. Yeah. And it's all about preconceived notions and challenging your preconceived notions and realizing that some people do things that you might view as objectionable, mm -hmm. but you need, need to get over yourself. Because no, exactly. And I, I do want to make sure that I clarify the age in the gay community bit on that because in the early 80s, I know this show came out in the late 90s, but there was still conceptions on, misconceptions about it. But in the early 80s, it was only gay people had AIDS. Yeah. And so it was the same thing of, you know, only the people that did mind melds, you know, willingly got this disease. Right. It's essentially correlation does not equal causation, and the Vulcans are stupid for not knowing that. They should have known better. Yes. So next episode is an Andorian episode! Yeah. Every Andorian episode I have seen has been good. It's because the Andorians in this show were great. Yes. Uh, this is Ceasefire, mm -hmm. where Shran is now on a moon outside of Vulcan space. Yes. And they were trying to recapture it because the Andorians in the past captured it. And they, he calls an archer to be a mitigator? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he calls like a, an archer to be a mitigator. An unbiased, yeah, middle person. What's, yeah. 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 
it's a lawyer thing. Yeah. <laughs> and neither of us are lawyers. No, 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 no. And he, they actually call in a Saval as well. Mm-hmm. And Saval comes with Archer, and Saval is just turning Archer down entirely, saying, "You are stupid because you are human." <laughs> now there is a couple of things to note about this episode. One, it brings back a great character, Tran. Tran. Played by Jeffrey Combs. And we talked about him, how this is one of like nine roles he played on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But it also has Susie Plankin. Yes, and she was great. Uh, Susie Plankin also, Plankson? Susie Plankson also had multiple roles on Star Trek. She played uh, Worf's mate, Kalar. She played Dr. Um, she played one of the doctors on the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. She played um, a, a female Q on Voyager. She is essentially Trek royalty. Yeah. And just to have her and Combs together interacting with each other, she's great. And we should be recognizing her as great in this episode. Yeah, no, she was she was great. She was the bad Endorian that actually shot down the shuttle that yeah. Archer was in. Oops. <laughs> so the uh Archer's shuttle gets shot down, he's trying to trek back and 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 um Susie Combs character is actually trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh next is Future Tense great episode it is a future sort of thing though which is sort of dealing with the time right um, time techno babble thing (laughs) and what it is there was a shuttle pod sort of uh that was there the enterprise pick it up and they find a dead person inside yes and so then when trip and rita are looking through the trying to search through the shuttle pod see what happened see what's going on they find a little screw cap they open up and they're able to go down and it's much bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. What? It's a TARDIS, people. <laughs> it's a TARDIS. Doctor Who and Star Trek are now in the same universe. I can accept it. <laughs> I'm sure this was not the Doctor. No, it's not the Doctor. It's not the Doctor. Some other poor schmuck Time Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's time traveling. Ship this bigger on the outside, uh, smaller on the outside, or bigger on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's a TARDIS, people. It it's is. a TARDIS. It is 100% a TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw this after I after I watched this episode. I texted Jason and I said, Doctor Who is now in Star Trek. <laughs> um, so the Suliban then try to come in and try to, they want to steal the ship. And Archer then, Archer takes away the Suliban, kicks them away. They are then flying out to try to meet up with a Vulcan ship. And then all of a sudden we see some... They were in the original series. The Tholians. Thank you. The, uh, so they, they, they met up with some Tholians. And while they were, you know, the Tholians like, give us the ship. And they're like, no, we're not going to, if, if you try to, you know, do anything, we're just going to destroy the ship. And so then the Tholians leave. And they actually then get caught up again with the Suleiman. <laughs> so we only have the Suleiman again. But, and then they finally get to the point where they're supposed to be for the meetup with the Vulcans. And they find the Vulcan ship was almost destroyed. Yeah. By the... Tholians. <laughs> so now the Suliban are attacking the Tholians because they're the different side of the temporal cold war. Not the same side that Daniels is in. So it's a third side. Yeah. Very complicated. <laughs> and while they're also doing this, Tucker found a little box thing. Yeah. And he was trying to repair it to get it to work to see because they were thinking it was a black box. They actually found out, no, it is a homing beacon. And as soon as he turned it on, homing beacon, dead person, and the ship all vanished. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Flox had some fun finding out that the dead person had, like, human DNA, Vulcan DNA, Rigelian DNA. Yeah. Like, ten other DNAs in there. Yeah. Now, a, a fun thing about the beginning of this episode, when they originally found the ship, they thought that this was 
Zephram Cochran. Yes. Because in canon, uh, Kirk and Spock find Zephram Cochran stranded on an alien planet 100 years from this episode. And in this one, they explain that Cochran got on a ship, a test ship, and he vanished. Yes. And no one knows where he is. Yes. And I thought that was a nice touch. Which seemed odd to me being the fact that Cochran was in the very first episode. Well, he was in the first episode because he was... It was just a recorded message. Yeah. For, you know, for the future. Because Cochran, he would have been dead for yeah. for decades by this point if, if he lived on a normal human life. True. So but, next we have Canamar. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember I said that um, Archer likes to get captured? You, with other people you did mention that yeah this is one where he was captured with trip <laughs> <laughs> well at least he's with trip and trip is cool so yeah so he's captured with trip um and they while they were captured they're trying to uh they're, it's pretty much just a prison ship it's a prison it's a prison ship break yeah is what it is so think con air because the cons took over the ship yeah that's pretty accurate <laughs> yeah and then they take archer because he's a he's a pilot and they and then archer keeps on trying to find ways to bring trip in to repair the ship or find other ways to you know right finally the, and he and trip actually gets to beat up an oscan good oscans are jerks yes and there was a very 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 I do not know how many varies I said, but there's probably uh, too it was a few. lot. There's probably too few in there. <laughs> probably need to add more. Annoying guy that sat next to Trip. <laughs> he wouldn't stop talking. So he was annoying. That's what you're saying. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. The you know, Enterprise get the ship back. Yeah. Next we have the crossing, and so this episode there is a big ship. That engulfs the Enterprise, takes it in, and then there's these little wisps that float around. And one wisp wisp goes into Trip, and he takes over Trip. And another and another wisp, different color, comes out. Mm-hmm. And then this other thing now has control of Trip. And Trip then comes back, and he's like, "Oh my God, I feel like I was in Florida." <laughs> uh, pretty much, he's he's living he's living his life out of time. Is what is what was happening, and this ship is actually about to lose lose its support life support for these other alien beings, and so they were going to have eighty five alien beings go in and take over the crew of the Enterprise, and then we're going to let the uh, pretty much just the spirit of the person yeah leave, and they were going to take over the bodies. Pretty creepy. Yeah, very. <laughs> yeah, and so then they find out, hey, yeah, if uh, the if the people are near death, then. You know, the wisps go away. Yes. So, it was pretty decent episode. Yeah, it was a good one. Next, we have another archer on trial. Yes. <laughs> this is an individual archer on trial, though. <laughs> he is on trial for attacking a Klingon ship that actually attacked them first because he was trying to rescue uh, some civilians of another planet that he doesn't know about because he likes to interfere. Yes. <laughs> Just, you summed up Archer in, like, Two sentences. I summed up this episode in like two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. And But the episode is about the... It's the connection between the Klingon advocate and Archer. And right. how the, he And how Archer makes the advocate actually learn that... Or not learn, but, but re... Remember, remember why he does what he does. Exactly. And it also shows that there were Klingons that are not just warriors. Because all we've seen in any other Star Trek... 
Klingons are only warriors. Right. And and it's that's never made sense. There has to be Klingon cooks. There yeah. has to be Klingon lawyers. There yeah. has to be Klingon shoe polishers. Exactly. But um But in, in the end, they uh he was found guilty of doing something against the Empire, mm-hmm. but not guilty of the bad thing. Yeah. So he was instead of putting him put to death, he was sent to Repente. Which was in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Yes. <laughs> and that is a prison planet. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, and then Archer was then rescued. He was going to ask the lawyer to come with him. And he was like, no, no, no. I need to be here. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish that lawyer lived. I don't know if he did or didn't, but most likely I don't that. remember if he, they bring him back or not. But I would like to say, I do like that the court, the Klingon courtroom scene mm-hmm. it takes all of its cues from... Um, Star Trek Six, yes. and that and Kirk and McCoy's trial scene, in where the gab was like a big circle. Yeah, and it it's a nice callback. Yeah. Next we have Horizon. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Mayweather's whiny and needy. Yeah, and he has um, he's able to go meet his family on yeah. their ship. Yes, but his father died. It was very tragic. Yes, but then he was also needy and whiny with his family. <laughs> That's the thing. This is actually a decent story of an episode, but I don't care for mayweather i he just does annoying things he doesn't do it all the time this episode you have perfectly encapsulated he can be needy and whiny and this episode was like front and center of that and yeah it it hurts the episode it and it it probably could have been good uh, to actually see what's happening on a freighter right but not much happened because it was uh, too much of a fighting between uh mayweather and mayweather right Mayweather being Curtis Mayweather, the <laughs> ensign, and the other Mayweather, which I don't remember his first name, is, was his brother. Yeah, who is now in charge of the cargo ship. Yes. So uh, so next we have The Breach. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a stupid episode. They can't all be gems, Scott. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> a, so a planet is being xenophobic, or, you know, they're just being bad. Essentially. <laughs> they're, they're kicking all aliens off the planet. And there are three Denobians stuck inside of a cave where we have to have Mayweather, Trip, and Reed try to crawl through the cave to find those Denobians. And they're just jerks. Yeah. But there's also something happening in Enterprise. And normally I say, I love Phlox episodes. <laughs> uh, but this is an episode where we have Phlox and his the aliens that Phlox species don't like. And that guy is just a complete d-bag yes and flox is trying to help him out i want to help you out trying to show that he is not a you know racist yeah and, and he's a doctor he's trying to help yeah but this guy doesn't care and it's trying to show that over time you know things sort of fade away mm-hmm. and you have to you, you can't just keep on living on the bad of the past right you have to you have to try to say you know not all of that other race is bad and while things are not perfect, mm-hmm. they're a heck of a lot better than they used to be, and we need to yes. move forward. Yes, or just move into a stepping stone area. Yeah, I, I think it's a flawed, and you know, I think it's a flawed representation of it. But I think that it it is what they're going for. They're it, trying it, to show that you need to move past racism, yeah. even if the other person won't. Which was what you know, the same thing. It was like why I brought up the hey, this was uh, the when I uh, brought up the other one. Yeah, you know, that was more of a, a good connector as well. Yeah. So they did the AIDS gay thing, and then they did the. You know, racism. Yeah. You can't always do it. No. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, that episode's not that great. Yeah, which is 
why I said. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Cogenitor. Guess what? Oh, let me let me let me guess. Trip has sex with an alien. Close. <laughs> close. Trip falls in love with an alien. Look very close to that. Yes. All right. Uh, an alien that was a third gender. <laughs> Which very interesting concept in the episode. I yeah. I thought it was a cool concept. Pretty much, it is uh, what it is. It's you have the males, you have the females, and then you have this third gender that actually add an enzyme so that the males and females can have a pregnancy. Yeah. So you know, males and females can have sex all they want unless they have unless they bring this cogenitor in, they're not going to get pregnant. Right. But the the issue arises that the cogenitors are basically viewed as objects and property. And Trip just doesn't believe this. He believes that people should be people. Right. No matter what. And so he interferes. Wait, what? Trip interferes with another species' interworkings? Yeah, I know. Ridiculous, right? <laughs> Trip. Uh, and he teaches the person, uh, the cogenitor how to read. She learns in like a day. <laughs> well, and I do think, didn't they, they address that in the episode? Didn't they? Because they did. They did. Because it, it shows that they're a lot smarter than they're given credit for. Look mm-hmm. at what she was able to accomplish. But then she learned what she was doing. She couldn't go back to her life the way she was. And so she killed herself. Yeah. And then Archie was pissed off. On the one hand, yes, Archer does need to lay into trip for this. On the other hand, I'm pretty sure Archer has done basically he's, the same he's, stuff. He's done very Because much. they don't have a prime directive and they don't know what they're doing. And that's, it is something that I see people complain about in this show. But it, this show is actually trying to show why they exactly. have. Exactly. They're not supposed to know what they're doing. This is mm-hmm. the first time they've been out this far. They don't, they don't know. No. They know like three different alien species. Exactly. So next we have Regeneration. Mm-hmm. And this is the episode that follows First Contact. Yes. So you really need to see Star Trek First Contact to really get an understanding of what this episode was about. This episode, people find the Borg. Yeah. The Borg that were actually destroyed in the sphere from First Contact. Yes. And there was like only two Borg that's, that were stuck in the ice. There probably are more under there. Possibly. But those Borg then, after they get pulled up from the ice, because they were deep freeze for over 100 years, uh, they regenerate themselves, and then they... Take, cap, take a hold of the crew that were there and make them Borg. Mm-hmm. They steal a freighter, and they're upgrading the freighter, and then freighters are normally only going up to two, uh, warp, warp two an hour, yeah. or warp two, and they make it to go 3.5. Yeah. And so they're upgrading these things. I, I actually like this episode. Yeah. I think it, no. it, it could have gone very wrong, because mm-hmm. canonically, Starfleet has never encountered the Borg until Q flips the Enterprise of the Delta Quadrant in, yeah. I believe it's Q-Who season two. Yes. But having them in here makes sense because of the time travel so, aspect of first contact. Here, here's my thing of I like and then I think it's so stupid. Okay. So the I like the fact that the Borg were there and they were able to get a ship out going out. The ship got, gets destroyed by the Enterprise in the end. and they were, But before that, they were able to send a, trans, uh, a, a signal out yeah. to be able to get out, to be able to let the Borg know, hey, come to Earth. Yeah. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's a feeding ground. Yeah. And and Archer and then T'Pol says, "Hey, it's only gonna, it's going to take two hundred years for that uh, that signal to get out for them to you know start to actually reach the Delta Quadrant, knowing it was going to be in the Delta Quadrant." Yeah, fine. All that I love. Great. Mm-hmm. Good. We are the Borg. <laughs> yeah. There was a communication making the announcement that they are the Borg. If we did not make that single statement, everything would have been great. Yes. Like I said, it it could have gone very wrong. It's not perfect. Mm-hmm. But I think it's enjoyable. And I like the follow-up to First Contact. Yes. Next, we have First Flight. This is a background story. One of the previous captains that were in the test flight Mm -hmm. 
he died climbing a mountain. Yeah. Archer's sad, and he's doing he's telling a remembrance story to to Paul uh, about A. G. Robinson and him, you know, stealing a warp two ship. Yeah. <laughs> Entertaining story, and also gives a little more background on Archer. Yes. Second to last episode, or as Lyle like to say, the penultimate episode. It's a good word, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Bounty. This is pretty much the sequel to the Klingon storyline. Yeah. This sort of closes off the Klingon storyline. Essentially. Of, of what was happening. There was a bounty hunter that came down. He was towed by the Doros captain. Uh, Doros was actually the... This is a nice touch. Doros was the captain of the ship that uh, Archer was escaping right. from. So and as we know, the House of Doros plays a major, the, major role in TNG. Yeah, some sisters, I think. Some sisters and... The brother. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the Doros family is very, very important to TNG. Yes. So these are the Dor- This is, you know, a Doros. Yep. <laughs> and so we have him trying to get bounty hunters to, to capture Archer. This bounty hunter captures Archer and he's trying. The, 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 the story of the bounty hunter, not so much. Right. The story of bounty hunting and then the, the, and then Enterprise having to go after to pick up the ship. That was great. Yeah. It's good stuff. Now, your favorite episode of the season. This episode should be the very beginning of next season. And the reason why is we pretty much ended the season on Bounty. That, you know, there was a couple of... Yeah. You know, because there was a couple it, of It closes off storylines. This literally opens a brand new storyline with a new, a new alien race called the Zendi. Mm-hmm. Some ball comes in and then shoots a laser beam at Earth. Starts going from Florida down to Venezuela. You know, cuts a cuts big like a, path yeah. and kills about six million people. Yeah. I think it was six. It was a lot. It was a lot. And Trip is is, is upset because his sister died. Yeah. Um, but and they get recalled. Uh, the Enterprise gets recalled back to Earth. When they get back to Earth, they get into Space Dock. Space Dock updates their ship. This is, whole episode is literally setting up season three. Yes. The only thing that happens in this episode that can connect to season two is... When they leave, uh, when they get to the Earth system, Duras comes, mm-hmm. and he's attacking, and he's attacking Enterprise, and then we see some other ships come in, and defend because uh, they're Earth ships, they can defend, and then Doris retreats. After the repairs and all that stuff happen, and they find out, we get some information about the Zindi, we get some information about some other Suliban things. So the Suliban actually uh, stole Archer during the, this episode, and he got to talk to the Wait, shadowy figure. Archer got captured. I know. <laughs> uh, and he got to ca- he got to talk to the shadowy figure from the future, and he tells the people on Earth about the future people, and no one believes him, but then they believe him. Blah 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 blah. Yes. Time travel techno babble. <laughs> and so we then have the Enterprise ready to go off. So because they're going to go and they're going to fight the Zindi. Yes. And so it's a revenge. They're setting up a revenge for season three. Whole season three is about revenge now. Well, that's the thing. Season three was a turning point mm-hmm. in the storytelling of the show. Season three is when it becomes more serialized. It's completely serialized. We're, we're, it's we're, a season long story arc. Yeah. And so then they go to the Expanse. And when they get to the Expanse, they, uh, they're, they're, they're told this like, horror story about people turning inside out or yeah. you know, things like that. And when they get into the, uh, there's a cloud that's oh, that's before the expanse. You have to go through this cloud thing, and the Duras comes and tries to attack them while they're going through the cloud, and 
Archer then does some new. He he's able to use his new phasers. Yeah. And new photon torpedoes. Mm-hmm. That have different yields. Yes. And then they finally get into the expanse, but the Klingons are afraid of the expanse, so they they leave. wander off. Uh, two of them do. Duras still tries to go after them, and then Archer destroys Duras's ship. Well, Duras sucks anyway. Yes. So we're assuming Duras already had his children because it looks like he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, and then in the end, they're in the expanse. Right. Now, I agree with you. This is a terrible ending because mm-hmm. usually with a season ender, you're closing off a storyline, and if you're going to bleed over into the next season, you're typically setting something up that's going to be resolved in an episode or two. Correct. You're not teeing up an entire season story arc in your last episode. Yes. Because, I mean, you have the luxury of, you know, hitting next on Netflix and... No, I'm using Paramount Plus. Even better. You have the option of hitting next on Paramount Plus and watching it immediately. Whereas, instead of having to wait four months... Not just four months. You pretty much had to wait an entire year for the conclusion of the story. Exactly. It was a, it was a not a great season ender. No. But what did you think of the overall season? Better than season one. Yes. I think the ratio of good to terrible episodes is better. Mm-hmm. I still think there's a handful of crappy ones, but I also think there's some really good ones. I love Carbon Creek, and I love the um, the camping in the nacelles episode. Yeah, those are probably two of my favorites of the entire season, and they're just they're great. No, 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 they, they were really good. I, I I thought they were good. Yeah, but yeah, no, this is not as bad as season one. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was great. Um, still too much techno babble. Yes. And that's something I'm probably going to be bringing up in every single movie, TV show, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah. P- people always like to bag on certain Star Trek shows for doing the techno babble, mm-hmm. but literally every Star Trek show does it. Every Star Trek show does it. I do think some of them do it more, but at the same time, just, okay, fine. You're you're still doing it, though, even if you do it less than yes. other shows. Yes, but when we did the First Contact podcast, I did say I will be mentioning whatever babble it is Yes, so that you know... Where, where the babbling is happening. It is important for us to know these things. Yes. Good. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what you think of season three then. We will see. I haven't started it yet. Probably won't start for another couple of weeks. Well, that's fair. But we got other stuff to watch. We do. We do. Well, I have been your Geek Scott. And I have been your Geek Jason. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>